Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. Use only as directed. Tonight, Kevin Walters is in as we look ahead to next week's NRL Decider. Plus, Sir Bradley Wiggins defends his name against drug allegations, the $11.5 million putt, and a sporting legend passes away. We'll play an emotional tribute. To the rush Welcome hour. aboard. A reminder that we continue right through until December. So, yes, the footy codes come to an end, at least AFL and uh, NRL, but we go right through. In fact, there'll be a Bathurst special late next week, a grand final review this time next Monday, and Melbourne Cup. We're all over that as well. So we're on uh, until whenever all the other shows end. That's when we end too. Hello, Kevy. How you going there, Dan? What a great week grand final week is. So exciting for everyone. The fans, the supporters of the clubs, the sponsors of the clubs, everyone involved in the game. It's a, it's a great week. Jeez, you went for it. How many times? You won six premierships. I'm guessing you lost one. Is that about yeah. right? Yeah, I managed to get to seven grand finals. I lost the first one with the Raiders back in 87. Uh, that was the last game at the Sydney Cricket Ground, yeah. Dan. Which, uh, the Raiders took on Manly. And I got on sort of late in the game. But in those days, um, I sat up in the grandstand with Don Ferner and Wayne Bennett and watched the game from there. And when it was my turn to go on, I walked back to the back of the stadium and spiralled my way down the stairs and out onto the field. Unbelievable. It was, it was quite funny. Actually, I spent most of the time up there in the stands on television rather than on the field. So it was it was a great experience. So, so uh, Wayne coached, didn't he? And Don, was he the figurehead? Well, yeah, Don was the head coach and sort of was doing... Um, the media? The, the media and all that stuff. And Wayne was sort of doing a lot of the uh, the coaching and the skill-wise. But Don was a, was a great coach. I really appreciated the, the opportunities that those two gave me way back then in 87. It was a, it was a dream for me. If they, and this is a question without notice, if, if the NRL said, right, when we do these grand finals in the next few years with ANZ unavailable and we have to play them in New South Wales because that's the agreement, if they said we're going to take them back to the SCG, do you reckon it's a good idea? Oh, I think it's a fabulous idea, Dan. I'd be strapping the boots on myself to get Better back. Better than Allianz. Better than Allianz. I mean, Allianz has got some history, of course, with grand finals, and I played in a few grand finals there as well. But the SCG, when I was a kid growing up, even in, in Brisbane and Ipswich, like grand final day yeah. at the SCG was just and, – and after it, we'd go down the road and play footy against all my brothers, and we'd be the Bulldogs or Parramatta or all those teams and those players. It was, it was a bloody exciting time, and I, I think to get a game back there would be such an, a great experience for anyone. Did you get much – New South Wales Rugby League because at that stage the Brisbane comp was huge so yeah, did we, you actually get to see much on telly? Well we did every Saturday we got the, the main game which I think was shown in Sydney as well and we always got the semi-finals and the grand final as well it was a it was a fabulous experience Now we're going back in time and it's time for a little history lesson here Kevy, because you know this week 50 years in the porch light we're going to hear all the cliches about <laughs> the Sharks but they have people forget they have one trophy and we take you back to a very young Rabs to the late 80s to Leichhardt Oval. Greg Purcell should be the last man tackled with the ball in the cup of 79. He is. It's all over. And Cronulla Sutherland have taken out their first Amco Cup and by far their biggest trophy since joining the Rugby League in 1967. Cronulla 22, defeating Brisbane 5. <laughs> yes. And... The, some of the names in the Brisbane well, side. The cup of well, let's continue here with Rabs. Steve Rogers and Greg Pierce holding the cup very proudly. The man of the match tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Gary Cameron. Gary wins from National and Electronic Sales and Rentals. The 
Video cassette recorder. Two points in the Superstar Series, sponsored by Singapore Airlines, went to Dane Sorensen. And one point went to Kurt Sorensen, meaning that Kurt Sorensen is the 1979 Amco Cup Singapore Airlines Superstar. Yeah, I think there's a bit more here. We'll keep going. To the viewers of this Cup Final live at Leichhardt, we say goodnight to you. And trusting to see you at Rugby League, the greatest game of all. For now, good night, everyone. <laughs> there he is. The oh, hang on. Teams travelling to the state fly with Ansett Airlines and oh, choose to stay Ed's at Twin Towers Motorin Artalan and drive an Avis rental car. <laughs> yes. Now, Dan, you're not going to believe this. I remember that game. I was a 12-year-old boy sitting there watching the game in, in Brisbane on our television. It would yes. have been huge up there, wouldn't it? A Brisbane had, team in the Sydney final? It was. And, of course, I was a, secretly a Cronulla fan. I was a big Steve Rogers fan. And I remember that when the, the two Sorensen boys came onto the scene through that uh, Amco Cup, they were absolutely outstanding. Two uh, two Kiwi boys, uh, particularly Kurt Sorensen, had a magnificent series through that. I, I just remember there he did win that, that player of the match and player of the series, which he got. The video cassette recorder. There you go. Well, it would have been no good in Brisbane, the Queensland. We didn't have recorders then, so anyway. <laughs> no. You told me. Have a listen to the... You had me for a second. Have a listen yeah. to the Brisbane team. Malcolm Meninga. Uh, yeah. A young bloke called Walter Lewis played yeah, off Wally the Lewis bench. Was he wasn't yeah. even... He wasn't the king then. He wasn't even the prince. Johnny Lang was the hooker. Yep. Uh, and uh, there we go. Des Morris was in the team. So there we go. There's our history lesson for the day. Uh, there you go, mate. All the many years ago. Gee, I was only 12 years old then. <laughs> this is the Rush Hour on Triple M. We do it for Nicorette Quick Mist. We will talk about this game coming up right after this. This Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. Use only as directed. Rush Hour getting you ready for the grand final, which you'll hear live here from midday uh, with the Sunday show. Then there's another Sunday show at 4pm. The game starts at 715 New South Wales time, we get into this wretched period now where we have to do a New South Wales time and a Queensland time because of the daylight saving thing. That starts on Sunday. Uh, so um, check your local guides, as they would say. Rush hour for Nicorette Quick Mist, Australia's number one quit-smoking brand. Use only as directed. Uh, what did you take out of the weekend, Kev? Two very different games. Yeah, weren't they? I thought uh, in the first one on the Friday night, uh, they were outstanding, the Sharks. I mean, everyone's talking about... Uh, the Cowboys being a little bit off and not hitting the ground quite well. They started with a couple of mistakes. But, gee, I thought they looked really fresh, the Sharks. And I still don't think they haven't reached back to, the, to that standard that they set on that 15-game winning streak. But it's the closest we've seen them in the past month to that level. So they're going to be hard to beat, aren't they, the Sharks? With, with the support that's swelling mm. uh, in the Shire, I mean, it's unbelievable. That, that was a great performance by them. And on Saturday night uh, with the Storm... Uh, I won't say the Storm were lucky, but, gee, I think that Canberra Raiders side, if, if a couple of those passes stick, uh, we might have had a different team, you know, venturing into the grand final on Sunday. I suppose conditions would have played a role there because it was a typical Melbourne sort of dour performance. Yeah. But it it rained persistently. You know, Canberra's not a, a, a low-scoring team, but when you no, look at those gee, conditions, you think oh, this is going to be a low scorer. Yeah, but the, the conditions didn't suit either team, basically. But the, the Raiders still continued to push the boundaries with passing and offloading. And, um, you know, they lost Leilua late in the game, which maybe had a, a bit of an effect on the outcome. But I thought over the 80 minutes, probably the Storm deserved their victory. And uh, the, I, I think we're seeing the two best-performed teams all season. I know the Raiders finished in second position, but for the Sharks to get on that 15-match winning streak and then not make the grand final would have been a, a tragedy for them. Uh, so now looking ahead... 
I'm, I'm guessing you're suggesting Sharks more impressive last week, but will they convert to this week? Yeah, well, I, again, I, I'm, I think the Storm's defence, and I, I don't like saying this because we like, like seeing attacking football, their defence is just so hard to penetrate. And we saw that evidence again with the Raiders. I mean, they're, they're the best attacking team in the competition and could come up with, you know, two tries against them in 80 minutes of football. So mm. the Sharks, uh, whilst they got some uh, really talented and some highly skilled players as well, they will have to be at their very best, as the Storm will be. Um, you know, to get over the line. But it shapes as another cracking game. You know, Smith up against Gallon, that's that's appetising. The two fullbacks, Barber and Munster, you know, you've got the, the, the wingers, uh, you know, with uh, Valentine Holmes, you know, he's been in sensational form up against the two Fijians. It's just everywhere. There's just yeah. mouth-watering matches, isn't there? It's going to be an awesome game. How do you rate Maloney's performance on Friday? Now, you're one of the great five-eights with so much success in finals. That, yeah, I, what he put up was spectacular. Yeah, I'm a secret admirer of Maloney. I, I like the way he, he goes about things. Um, I like his his attitude towards his football. He's a, a winner at all costs, and he is a winner. I will brand him that because all the clubs that he's been at have had success. And um, sometimes he, he takes it a little bit too far, in my opinion, uh, with his not so much his aggression, but the way he goes about the game. But I think it's just that competitive nature that comes from within, and his support play and, and everything that he does around the game is all about the end result, and that's what I admire in him. All right, so uh, weather twenty six degrees on Sunday. That's the forecast. Wow, that's uh, going to be beautiful for the the Sharks. You'd think more more so than the Melbourne Storm. Well, I reckon we've had the same forecast for three years in a row, and and each time it's actually been a lot hotter. It's been yeah. in the mid-30s. Last year was about the mid-30s. It only yeah. dropped to high 20s by the time the game started. So yeah. you'd sign away for 26 now because then it would drop down to low 20s probably by the time the game kicks off. But uh, but the important thing, no prospect of rain really once we get past Thursday or Friday. Yeah, well, that's great. I mean, it's the biggest game of the year for everyone and the fans want to see a great game of rugby league. And if it's the rain stays away and the sun's out... We'll get that. Um, Suncorp, uh, sorry, not Suncorp, uh, ANZ Stadium is a, is a great venue for grand finals. We've been there on many occasions playing and also uh, witnessing and viewing and supporting. It's a, it's a great day. It's a great week for rugby league, and I think everyone in Sydney and up here in, in Brisbane should be embracing what should be an excellent seven days of uh, rugby league. All right. Uh, Wednesday, by the way, we'll be at the Dally M's. Uh, we'll be strolling the red carpet, uh, Kev. Yeah, I've got a little number picked out for that one already, Dan. Yeah, a little suit ready to go. So, well, uh, let, let me get our uh, boss Armani, Lowe's. <laughs> no, it'll be something from the Fox wardrobe, mate. That's what it'll be. <laughs> you cheap bugger. Uh, this is the rush hour. Stay tuned because we're going to have a little quiz during the ads. More after this. This rush hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. Use only as directed. All right, Kevy, I think you might get this one because there was a couple around your era. You ready for the mid-commercial quiz question? I'm ready, Dan. Okay. Name the three Clive Churchill medal winners who played on the losing team. Okay. Okay. One recent, two not so recent. Yeah, I think I got them, Dan. Okay. Think about it. Let everyone play at home. We'll come back in about 90 seconds. Rush hour. Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. Use only as directed. Stay tuned because in about 20 minutes we'll get Kevy to tell the story how he, when he, he was a trainer uh, on the field once, he was almost punched in the head by Paul Gallon. <laughs> we'll get to that. I'm laughing now, but it wasn't much fun at the time, <laughs> I can tell you, Dan. Okay, let's do this quiz question. The three losing players in a grand final to win the Clive Churchill medal. Right, now, I've got to be pretty silly if I miss at least one of these because I played in one of the games. Yeah. It was Brad Mackay for the Dragons. 
Kay Walters absolutely dudded. Oh, dudded. Absolutely I still, dudded. I still ring Bob Fulton to this day every day around that time and say, mate, what, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I reckon, no, every, game, Brad. I reckon every single game... There are the occasional obvious one, but most grand finals, it's controversial. They get it. Yeah, well, it's tough, I suppose, trying to get someone right in, in the grand final, the right person. I think uh, Alan Langer won, won one year. And Alan, if Alan Cairn wasn't the best player in the field, well, I don't know, but Alfie's got the, the medal hanging around the right, neck. So. Now, the other one, uh, yes. I think it, another Brad, it was Brad Clyde for the Raiders against Penrith. Yes. That might have been the 90. 91. 91. Brandy was particularly unlucky. All right. Yeah. And which is the recent one? The recent one is DCE, Manly against uh, South Sydney. No, Sydney Roosters. Sydney Roosters, yeah. There yeah. we Two. go. Well done. Three from three. Yeah. So uh, I think DCE, I heard him talking the other night about that. He's not giving the medal back in any <laughs> in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, bugger it. Why would you? Uh, yeah. This is the Rush Hour on Triple M, a sports update coming up right after this. We do the show for Nicorette Quick Mist. Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. Use only as directed. Yes, we should have saved that song for tomorrow if Donald Trump wins the debate against Hillary Clinton. You know, 110 <laughs> million people are going to watch that in the States. Oh, my God. Yes, that's a lot of people, Dan. Uh, yes, yeah, so <laughs> the world waits with interest. Anytime we do leak on the show, it's for totally workwear. They don't just do workwear. They also have a great range of hospitality gear. Find your local store, totallyworkwear.com.au. Not just tiles and bathrooms. ABL Tile and Bathroom Centre. Your one-stop renovation shop. abltilecentre.com.au. Right now, this is the Triple M Rush Hour. Sports update. Brownlow night in Melbourne, and it's expected to be the non biggest non-event in years with Geelong's Patrick Dangerfield, a $1.16 favourite with sports bet. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, imagine if he gets done. Oh, well, I mean, there must be a lot of guys that are in contention, but a dollar sixteen, like, that, that, that's got to be the shortest in history. We just said that, didn't you? I so reckon it's, yeah, I reckon it's got to be close. Luke Parker from the Swans is third favourite. Meantime, Western... No, the Swans players, they don't go... They're on video link, aren't they, for those, or do they actually go down, Dan? Do you know? Uh, if they were knocked out, they'd all go down. I, they'll, they'll be on video link. Yeah. They'd be on video link. They're going to move... Apparently, there's a uh, talk they're going to move it that by weekend, they're going to use it on one of those nights. Uh, well, that makes sense. Then all the players can attend them without it interfering with their grand final preparation. Exactly. Uh, meantime, Western Bulldogs player Stuart Crammery has a dilemma, as do his teammates. Now, Crammery mustn't have thought his team were much chance of making the grand final because he booked his wedding for this Friday night. <laughs> what is he going to do? Well, he's not apparently in their best 22, but his teammates have had to ditch him. As yeah. they, they prepare for the game, they said, we'd love to be there, Stu, but mate, mate. Sorry, brother. we got a grand final to win. <laughs> oh, dear, tough one. Lucky no, none of the wedding party yeah. ring. That was involved, like best man or, or something. Yeah. Doesn't that say something about Australia, that here are these blokes, that they could go and not drink and sort of do the ceremony, early part of the uh, reception and go, you know what, we've got to go, we've got to prepare, and they've gone, no, nah, sorry. We're not, we're not turning up to a wedding if we can't have a drink. Yeah, probably the right way to go about things, I'd say. Rory McIlroy is back, and if he's not back, he's certainly rich. Rory winning the Tour Championship and FedEx Cup in one. Total prize money, a 15-foot putt earned him $11.5 million American. <laughs> well, I had a game of golf this afternoon with my son. Uh, we didn't putt for that much money, I can tell you. It was a couple of dollars maybe, but holy smokes. How would you spend that much money? I was going to ask, if you've got... I don't know how much the bloke's got. He's sponsored by Nike. He's won tournaments all around the world. He's probably worth $100 million. 
<laughs> Would you get that excited for 11.5? If, oh, if you have so much money, you don't know what to do with. Oh, I think you will. I think he'd get excited. He'd be love winning, uh, I'd say, more than anything else. Mm. The money is just a bonus for him, but his competitiveness would, would be, oh, I need to win this tournament, you know? So that's why the putt got sunk down. I'd say not over the money, but over the... Mm the drive to win those uh, competitions. Yes, and now he's going to have distant cousins and aunties and uncles. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we're related in some way. <laughs> but the golf story of the day is a sad one, and we'll get to Arnold Palmer a little later with a wonderful tribute. And Sir Bradley Wiggins, Tour de France champion, Olympic gold medalist, and one of Britain's modern-day sporting legends, has been on the defence since the internet hack group Fancy Bears released a list of anti-doping records, and Wiggins' name was on that list. He admits he took the drug in question, but he had this explanation. It was prescribed for allergies and respiratory problems. Um, I've been a, a lifelong sufferer of asthma, mm-hmm. um, and I, I went to my team doctor at the time, and we went to, in turn went to a specialist to see if there was anything else we could do to cure these problems. And this was to cure a medical condition, and was was. It, it, the, the governing body, the World Anti-Doping Agency, everyone said this guy is not. This was about not. This wasn't about trying to find a way to gain an unfair yeah. advantage. This was about putting myself back on a level playing field in order to compete at the highest level. Well, whether it's true or not, it'll forever have an asterisk next to his name. The reviews are in that it wasn't a particularly convincing interview that he gave to the BBC. Uh, this is the rush hour. That was a sports update for Magic Glass. Uh, we'll have a news update shortly. This Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. Use only as directed. Rush Hour here on a Monday night. Uh, do you know the Tantra thing with Sting? Not true. What do you, what do you mean? Well, there was always with Sting that, that he was into Tantra. And, like he, you know, <laughs> that you know he'd have eight, nine-hour sessions. But um, apparently it was just an off-the-cuff remark made to a rock journalist once as a joke, and it caught on. And, and I Chinese think, whispers. Well, I think Sting, in his infinite wisdom, decided, well, that's too good a rumour to... <laughs> I'm going to run with that. I'm going to run with that. He's done it for 25 <laughs> years. <laughs> Until his wife gave the game away and said, no, not true, can confirm. <laughs> right. What about... Okay, so when, when did this happen where you were a trainer? Was this a club game or an origin no, game? Origin game, yeah. I was the trainer or the water boy for the Queensland State of Origin side. It was a game in Sydney. I think it must have been about 2008. And actually it started with running off the off the ground for half time. And I, I squirted Willie Mason on the back of his legs and down his shorts. And he turned around straight away. And then I just put a smile on my face and he just you know, laughed it off basically. I thought, oh, that, that was a bit of fun. I could mm. wonder who else I can get with this, you know. And then so in the second half, there was a scrum being packed and they were walking towards the scrum and I managed to walk behind uh, Paul Gallon and, and I gave him a, a squirt on the legs, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, Gallon, enjoy that. And he, he turned back at me and looked at me and honestly, there was steam coming out of his ears. <laughs> so I quickly got in, I got Petro Sivanaseva in between him and me so he couldn't get to me. He was going to kill me. I thought, oh, how am I going to get out of this? Because he just had that look on his face. You know, he, he wants to win everything, Paul Gallon, doesn't he? And um, look, I, I really did think, oh, how am I going to get out of this? So I, I got Petro Sivanaseva and uh, in between... What are you doing squirting blokes? Oh, just with the water, just having a bit of fun because it was a pretty tense game, as you know, Origin, and mm. sometimes um, I'd, I've seen Alan Langer do it a few times and I thought, oh, I'll try that myself, but it often gets me in trouble, Dan, when I do things that Alan Langer does. He gets away with it, but I end up uh, not getting away with it. So from that moment forward, I didn't squirt any of the players on the legs now. Uh, now, tell me about the time. Uh, what, what what was the story with Steve Irwin? 
Well, look, I've seen some some tough players, and I played against some, and with some, Les Davidson, Blocker Roach, Gilly, the Axe, you know, the Petro Sivanasiva, Lazarus, the list goes on. But the toughest person I've ever seen on a football field, uh, I, he, he came down to training one day, Steve Irwin, at, at the Broncos, and he was in his full car key kit, and he, he wanted to take on Talis and Webke, both in defence and attack. So... Gordy's got the ball, you know, and run at him and not run really hard. And he's tackled him and he and sort of laughed at Gordy. He said, mate, is that all you can do, <laughs> honestly? So Webke's go, oh, Webke, was, he, he, got, he was licking his lips because you know how hard Webke used to run. He, mm. And he, he ran straight at him and honestly, he knocked him. It must have been six feet in the air, <laughs> the, the crocodile man. And he hit the ground and he, and he rolled in his car keys and he got up and he dusted himself off and he said, right, Webke, let's do that again. And, and Webke said, you've you got to be joking, mate. He said, and so Webke threw him the ball. He said, you run at me and Gordy and, and we'll see how you handle that. You oh, handle geez. that all right. Mate, and he did. He took a, a run up. Like I could not, I thought, oh, this is this is going to end. Someone's going to get seriously hurt here. And they picked him up, Dan, and honestly, they backslammed him that hard. I thought his his lungs were going to come out of his throat. But And he just he just got up again and said, all right, this is, how much fun is this? Who else can we get? Like, he, is un- he was unbelievably I, tough, mate. Like, I, honestly, they, they, oh, they nearly killed him. I could imagine, Talis, you don't sledge him if there's the <laughs> possibility that you'd yeah, you well, come well, into contact again. That, that's right. And Webke's one of those guys too. That they train at a, a million miles an hour, and you know he, you often see him wrestling with Corey Park or anyone, anyone who likes to knuckle. Webke will go with them. You know, he's just one of those sort of guys. And I couldn't believe the crocodile man pulled him on. But honestly, at, even at the end of it, he still wanted to play. But they they ended up calling off. The doctor came on the field and said, "Nah, this is <laughs> this is it. You're going to get hurt here, Steve. Or these other two are going to kill well, you." Talos tells the story. Now I don't know if this is true, but there is a Broncos player. In the current squad, and it was only a year or two ago that he he and Gordy were having words, you know, fun words, out on the drink, and to the point where Gordy said, I bet I could run over you, and he claims that he did. <laughs> oh, that wouldn't surprise He used to run over a lot of blokes, Gordon, didn't he? I mean, such well, a... I'll tell you something, I wasn't going to argue. No. Well, I used to defend beside Gordon uh, when, I, when we were playing at the Broncos together, so I was on his outside, and... The, the fear in players' eyes when they, they ran at him and then they saw me and they thought, oh, Kevy's there. Let's just go straight at Kevy. <laughs> no, I mean, good. The, the line just changed so quickly because the old uh, poker machine eyes of Talos were just going through, weren't they? He, he used to whack up Gordy. I, I love playing with him. All right, I haven't seen Gordy in a while. I hope you're doing well, big fella. And I know he listens to the Rush Hour and this is the Rush Hour. We'll have a sports update including a tribute to Arnold Palmer after this. Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. Use only as directed. Sports update. Uh, we've got some news coming through on Semi Radwaja on the Broncos uh, that we just went to air Channel 7 Brisbane. We'll play that for you in a second. It was a big weekend for some of the Premier League heavyweights. Man U thumped the champions Leicester 4-1. Liverpool put five on Hull. Man City stayed perfect and Arsenal uh, embarrassed Chelsea 3-0. Uh... Who do you, who's your team, Kev? Because you don't mind the Premier League, do you? Oh, I watch it um, with some interest, yeah. Certainly um, Manchester United. I've been to a couple of their games when we went over there on Kangaroo Tours, and that was a great experience way back in the in the 90s. You know, we got secured tickets and went to the game. It was, it was bloody awesome. That That's when um, back Beckham. when yeah, Beckham was, was running the roost. Skulls you know, so, and all yeah, the... Uh, yeah. There's yeah, actually an actually... interesting doco series on SBS at the moment. The class of 92, they've bought... Some busted team, Salford, I think, in seven divisions below the top tier, and they're trying to turn them into a competitive team. It's actually an interesting concept. 
Okay, yeah, look, it's, it's a great sport, uh, football, and I certainly like it. I, um, so, man, you would have to be my team, I'd say, closely followed by maybe Chelsea. I like all the glamour oh, clubs, Oh, hang on, mate. you can't have, you've got to have one. You can't have, <laughs> oh, have well, the glamour clubs. <laughs> a 24-year-old baseball star in the States has been cruel in an extraordinarily cruel twist of irony. At the age of 16, Jose Fernandez escaped Cuba via boat. In fact, he saved his mother when she fell overboard. And it was a boating trip in Florida where Fernandez and his two friends crashed, capsized and died. Mm. And perhaps the most important figure golfers ever had, Arnold Palmer, died today, aged 87. Now, he might not have won as many majors as Tiger or Jack Nicklaus, but it was Palmer that turned golf into a popular television sport and a mainstream sport. He was the king and had his Arnie's army and he was the one that made it a people's game. It was a stuffy, rich white man's game until he uh, really took it to the masses. Here's a wonderful tribute from his friend and two-time major winner, Curtis Strange on ESPN. He gave. He gave more than he ever received. And how many people can ever say that? He was sincere and when he when he spoke to you. You know, you speak to a lot of people, they're, they're looking the other way to somebody who might be more important. He wasn't. He doesn't care who you were talking to. He was talking to you. And he had that way about him. And, you know, a lot of people try to be that way, and they don't carry it off. But he was Arnold. You know, when he put his arm around you and said, how you doing, boy? <laughs> you know, he really, really cared. You know, I, maybe I'm too close to it. Maybe I'm I'm too close to the family, but, you know, it's hard. You know, it's really hard. And I didn't think he'd ever die. He was, he was bigger than life. <laughs> yeah, Curtis Strange there. I was actually there. He's a name drop. Uh, at Augusta in 2004 when he played his last ever round there. I've never... It was extraordinary that, you know, he was never... Not contending, obviously, and the tournament was going on. It was round two. He was never going to make the cut. And just at, at a certain point in the afternoon, everyone stopped watching Tiger and Duval and Mickelson and Els, and they all followed Arnie for the last nine holes. I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah, he made a good point too, didn't he, about his character, about, you know, wanting to give to people all the time. I think there's so many of us... And myself included at different times, get a bit, you know, looking at, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's no. Just a, it's a great point that he made. I think we can all get a lesson out of that one. Uh, that is a sports update for ABL Tile and Bathroom Centre. Now, uh, now, let's play this. This is on Channel 7 News in Brisbane regarding Semi Rad Raja and all that conversation about joining the Broncos. Semi Rad Raja won't be part of the Broncos, according to Wayne Bennett. He confirmed to 7 News that he met with the Eels winger, but only as a mentor. Adamant the Broncos won't be signing him. There we go. So that seems to have ended that story. Yeah, well, uh, there were some, some articles in the paper here on the weekend again about that, Dan, but all that Radrata did was had a conversation with Wayne about life. It wasn't anything about football or coming up to the Broncos. So, yeah. Okay. But there you go. Let's put the red line through that one. Uh, should we have another little history lesson? We found here, so earlier in the show, if you, if you missed it, Get it on the catch-up podcast. The Sharks winning the 1979 Amco Cup. They'd made one grand final since then, Amco Cup being the midweek comp. But um, in 1997, they played uh, the Super League grand final. They really didn't have much go their way. This was basically their, their lone shining moment. Been a long time since the pale blue, white and black of Cronulla have been in a grand final. The sailors pass 
gives Cronulla a chance. Oh, Bell has been taken down. Cronulla thinks they've scored a try. Points to the spot and Cronulla are over. A try that they wanted so badly brings them to 10-6. And the Broncos, your team would go on there and win that game. Do you look back at that fondly, that premiership, as fondly as the others? I certainly do, Dan. It was uh, a little bit different, to, to say the least. I mean, it was at ANZ Stadium in Brisbane, uh, of course, QE2 Stadium back then, and um, there was the two competitions running. We were obviously keeping a close eye on the other the other competition as well. That was the year the Knights came from behind yeah. to, to win that magnificent uh, try. But I think Steve Renoff scored three tries in that game, and Darren that was Darren Lockyer's first grand final, one of his many. So, yeah, special times for the Broncos through that era. It was, it was a great team. All right, we've got to go, Kevy. Thank you very much. Uh, let's enjoy the week, Dan. Yes, and I'll get a tip from you during the week sometime, uh, yep. but I think you might be fancying the Melbourne team. We've got to go. Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Nicorette Quick Mist for fast craving relief. Use only as directed.